Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Lifestyle. Can I sleep for a minute? It's my first impression, Rose. Prime back to Jay Stewart breaking down all the shows. It's the Bachelor. Hello and welcome. We're back from the ballerlifestyle.com. It's the Bachelor Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Thank you very much for joining the show. We're back. Uh, the show's the show's now hosted on its own feed, so it would be cool if you like rated and reviewed it go go follow the show on apple Podcasts or google play or wherever you get the show it's available everywhere and then leave a review because it's a brand even though it's not this isn't a brand new show right it's brand new to those platforms so go there and uh, leave a review if you can it'll help us grow our audience outside of the baller lifestyle family and into a new family of people that love two middle-aged white guys talking about the bachelor i'm one of them the other one is my good friend jason stewart he joins us now jason how are you hello everybody yeah buddy this is um this is the podcast for those that don't know that it's it's been referred to as the great white in a sea of bachelor podcasts. And it's uh, mainly because we have teeth and we're, we're going to get into it. Um, we do. We do have teeth, Jason. I want to know. I just want you to know that you're seen. I see you. <laughs> yeah. This is a, this is a very uh, Gen Z um, it really uh, cast and season <laughs> and tone. I mean, there's, there's a lot about, me it's about me um as much as michelle wants to make this about her relationship it's a lot about michelle it it really i mean i get that she's the star of the show which is great but i would say that by definition you are being seen when you when you are contracted to be the star of a network television show 
you are without a doubt being seen. There's no question that you're not being seen. This felt like a, um, I, this felt like I was being patronized to this episode. This once again, it felt like the bachelor producers like they do every season. were telling me that I'm a dummy and, and getting me to try to believe that the contestants on the game show were ignoring the prize of the game show. What are your thoughts? Yeah. And you know, Michelle did this thing in this episode where uh, she blamed the dudes for simply um, playing the game, like for simply doing the show. If she has anyone to blame for the way the show is structured, she should blame the production staff. Like, of course you guys produce this show to where these dudes are battling and they care more about winning than me. And, And she, she definitely turned it into into a, a her uh, against the dudes when it could have been just the short show format. But anyways, absolutely. Hold on, hold on. Before we get into what actually happened on the show, I need to ask you as a guy that's been known to do things in a room full of other guys, how many times in your life have you unprompted stood in a circle of five guys and jumped up and down on a bed with a teddy bear? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I, I haven't done that, but yeah. totally, totally natural behavior of, yeah. amongst 20 something year old guys, definitely not coordinated by a production staff that said, Hey, everybody get in a circle and jump up and down with a fucking teddy bear. <laughs> so, and then, and then Michelle, you stand in the, in the uh, background looking dejected because this yeah. is a totally natural thing that happens every day in the world. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Go on. What happened so- on the show? So this is um, just to kind of give you a uh, overview of this episode. It was it was a uh, boring downer of an episode yeah. that only became less uplifting um, when it was revealed that um, that one of the cast members killed his dad. So I'll get into that. That's just <laughs> that's just, that's just a, a little bit a little bit more of a foreshadowing. So. The, the episode I have a lot of thoughts off. on that, by the way. I can't yeah. wait to hurry up and get to that part because I have so many thoughts. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so the episode starts off with Tasha entering the room and says, hey, uh, this this week there's going to be two one-on-ones as opposed to I, – I always thought there was. But anyways, two one-on-ones and then one really big group date. So I think there's 14 or 15 of these dudes left, right? So, yeah, it's I don't think there's it's sometimes there's two group dates and one one-on-one. And sometimes yeah, and sometimes there's one group date and two one-on-ones. It's like yeah. kind of depends on what episode we're in. So um I I did think it was interesting how a couple of the, they had a couple of the guys doing the math in their heads out loud, but Anyways, as soon as she says two one-on-ones and then drops the first one-on-one date on the table for them to reveal, then they had to do the obligatory side interviews with all the guys talking about how important it is to get the one-on-one date because they need to they need to take the relationship to the next level. Uh, they need they really need that one-on-one time to to you know try to try to establish a relationship. Uh, very. Uh, repetitive and boring. We see this before every single one-on-one date's revealed. And um, so anyways, she picks Martin, 
who is the, um, let's see, is that who she picks? Yeah, Martin gets a one-on-one. They go, um, they go drifting in BMWs. Mar- Martin, how fun! How fun did that look? By the way, that, by the way, for for whatever reason, I looked at that name Martin, and the guy doesn't look like a Martin at all. Um, and that's why it. So he's the personal trainer from Miami. Yeah, and you tell me what you think about uh, nose rings, because like I just like, and maybe this is my generation again. But yeah, I just start go- going to all the stuff that is inside the nose on a daily basis. And when you have a nose yeah. ring, yeah. I start thinking about how dirty the nose ring is, but he, yeah. he flaunts it. He loves it. But what's your, what are your thoughts on nose rings in general? Um, You know, to each their own. I think the septum one kind of looks cool. Oh I th- no. The one yeah, that that's the middle. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. No, I like that one. Ugh. I don't like on, it's not for me. You know, it's not my kind of body mod scenario. I wouldn't go for it. I definitely, as a dude, wouldn't go for the outer nostril piercing. Yeah. I, I don't Maybe it's a generational thing. But this is also a guy that's got lines shaved into his head and yeah. and he's bleach blonde. And then he shows up to the dinner after the date wearing fake glasses. So, I like, who am I to say? Right. And so... Very distracting the 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 facial piercings in general, but th- this guy's nose nose thing really gets yeah. gets me going. But anyways, uh, Martin gets a one on one date. Now the backstory here is that Martin is the guy who was closest with the forty five year old Jamie, who just got booted off the last episode. Yeah. Now, he he yeah. was the black dude that had a very interesting story and he was good at telling the story and it was yeah. very suave and you could tell he's lived a, a couple lives and he's in yes. his mid forties and he did, <laughs> he made least. a couple missteps and yeah. got kicked off the show because she, she thinks that he was up to something. He's the one that miraculously had a friend in Minneapolis that saw Michelle <laughs> out to dinner with right. the light skin baller. Right. The light skin yeah. baller. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, that's the backstory with Martin. He brings that to this date, and the uh, the activity of choice is that they um, they go out to this BMW uh, track. Now, my my father, being in the uh, in the car business from yep. my upbringing, he sold Porsches. Oh yeah, and he would always tell me like sometimes they would have like the salesman of the month or whatever, yeah. as opposed to like a bonus, they would get like a a free day at the Porsche track wherever yeah. it was, yeah. uh, and they can go out and just race around this track in a, in a Porsche. Now it's in Carson. It's right there across from the blimp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and th- so this one's the BMW version of that. Yep. And I'm, I imagine it's really fucking cool to get out and do that stuff. Um, so, you know, they have them doing uh, whatever you call the, the uh, Tokyo, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, drift or what have yeah. you. And, yep. And all drift, this stuff. They're drifting. Um, they have... I was thinking of how they were going to uh, shoehorn the analogy about relationships in here. And the one that they chose to go with was, um, she says, our cars may not have been on the same track, but our relationship seems to be on track. So she went with that one. Yeah, yeah, um, that was good. But nothing nothing sticks out about the racing or the drifting or anything that, that was too interesting um, well, he was bitching that he didn't, he's like, Oh, she's like, have you drifted before? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, but only in a stick shift. And she's like, Oh, well I never have. And then she was better than him at everything. <laughs> right. 
So like he had, he had some experience with what they were doing and she even beat him in like a dead uh, drag race where you just basically put your foot as hard (laughs) as you can on the fucking accelerator and it's two identical cars and she was way further ahead of him. And you could tell Martin felt a little bit emasculated and that was kind of funny. I think that there were a lot of insurance uh, things in place. Like they, they could only do so much. And I, it, that sprint that you, you mentioned was, I think was a grand total with like 50 feet. It was very unimpressive yes. and short. And I'm guessing there was some liability thing where they're like, sure. we can't have you doing yeah. this for too long. And yeah. But anyways, yeah, she won and she's happy. Um, and then they they put together one of those tin or aluminum bathtubs and they just put it in a car garage. Like where you would see those lifts where they little do weird. oil change, they, there's a bathtub. A little weird. It's, I believe they call that a cowboy tub. And yes, it's like it's like an aluminum trough that you would see livestock eating yeah. out of, but it's full of water. But it's just look, they're shooting the show at a hotel. They could right. go back. It wouldn't matter. They could go back and put them in a hot tub at the hotel. But they go, they do the M three thing, and then they're like, "All right." The instructor's like, "All right, good job, great racing today." And then they just get out of the cars, and instead of going back to the hotel, they hop directly into a, a big tub of water for some reason. So um, one of the one of the big Gen Z terms, um, you know, other than be seen or be heard. Um, Michelle says she needs clarity about something. And why does she need clarity? Because dipshit Martin with the nose ring uh, did what I thought yeah. every guy every yeah. guy knows not to do. And that's yes. like, it's like bring up the X. Yeah. While, while you're in a hot tub with the subject, you bring up some other dude. Have you, and, and I know Jason, you were a single man for a long time. You had, you have quite a robust history. You of course were starred in the greatest episode of a dating show of all time your episode of blind date which i would encourage everyone to watch on youtube i, I watch it occasionally and it never doesn't make me laugh but is, is there anything worse than going on a date with somebody or meeting somebody for the first time and they and they're like my ex oh me and my ex and we used to you know the problem with my ex and it's so fucking boring and you're like i want to get away from this person as quick as possible martin does the thing where he directs the conversation she doesn't bring it up he pushes the direction into the jamie place and then immediately is like hey yeah you were totally fucking wrong to kick him off the show and she's like (laughs) what yeah yeah see See what you just how you just represented what he said is how she took it. Yes, but all right. My, yeah. my, my note is that he didn't say that. Basically, well, I was I happens, was watching right? on fast forward, so you're right. <laughs> you're probably this, right. This, I jump this, ahead a lot. It's basically what happened, right? <laughs> yeah, the aforementioned yeah. Jamie, who's like 45 years old, he got kicked off for yeah. controversial reasons last week, yeah. and it and it really you know it hurt her feelings the way she had to 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 end it and stuff. So this guy. They be- she basically just brought up after a rough week, this is a nice date. And he's like, yeah, about that rough week, uh, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I thought he, and, and this, and he basically just says, I thought he was a really, I thought he was a really cool dude. I got along with him and he, he's pretty much a badass. And, um, so 
So Michelle just like, you see that look on her face, like she doesn't really express anything. And then she says, you know, in the, in the interview portion, I need clarity because I don't know where he was going with that. I don't know if he was trying to tell me I was wrong yeah. or yes. what, but I, I heard that clarity. part. Yeah. So, uh, so they get to the dinner the night, the night of, and, and she's like seeking clarity. That was the cliffhanger. She asks him like, what did you mean by that? Uh, by that uh, Jamie comment. And then Martin goes into this weird thing where he was raised by a father who didn't express emotions, how expressing emotions were not welcomed in the house and how he's never been good at communicating. And then the, I mean, really boring. Like yes. So six boring. minutes. Yes. Of his I know. Background and lacking communication. And also they and, were like way too close together. Like he had his arm around her cause they right. were in a hot tub and he was like, he had his hand right next to her face. And I was like, I, you know, you know how I worry. I'm like the breath, like they're so close. Yeah. They don't know each other that well. His hand is like kind of touching her face. I don't like when people touch my face. It was a very claustrophobic feeling for me. And it was all probably that as stems from the fact that it was an uncomfortable conversation. Right. And I think it's like, it, and so if you flash forward to the dinner that night, yeah. more, more of this very boring conversation about his, his challenge about expressing feelings. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. Well, he, he, he backtracks he, on it. He, he completely no. diverted. Yeah. Like they, he, yeah, they they separated right because they did the hot. They did the M3s, right. then right. they did the hot tub, and after the hot tub, she's like, "Who is this fucking asshole?" You know, she's like right. not happy, and and then he realizes that, so he's he goes, he gets his suit on, he puts on his Patrick Ewing fake glasses, so he's like, <laughs> he comes back, and he's like, "Hey, I'm hey, hold on, this smart, sensitive Martin's here," and he's like, "Hey, look," he's like, "I should tell you," he's like. Most of the time, what I say, I actually mean the exact opposite of. So yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm working on that. I'm trying to be a better communicator. Yeah. And she's like, okay, you yeah, know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. It works. Like, <laughs> it worked. Like she was trying to gain clarity and there was no clarity. He just diverted into <laughs> his own yes. uh, lack of communication skills when it comes to emotions. And she yeah. ate it up. Not only did she eat it up. Uh, she starts saying, I was horrible at expressing emotions too. And this yeah. is what I need to work on. And all of a sudden, like life is good. Like they're, they're fine and making out at the dinner table. Now, yep. now back at the house, the, uh, one, there was a math genius at the house because back at, <laughs> back at the house, they'd already established there's going to be two one-on-ones and the one big group date. So, um, so the uh, Taysha or or one of the other hosts drops the the group date card on the table, and one guy is sitting there and he's like, "Man, you know, if my name isn't mentioned on this group date, that means I'm going to be the one on one date." Yeah, was it? Yeah. So so I really hope that my uh, my name isn't mentioned on the group date because I need that one on one time and and it's very important to take our relationship to, and you know so they have dudes like but I just love the simple math in his mind that, that right. if I I don't want my name now because I want my one on one day now everybody is named except for <laughs> our guy yeah Rick now right right Rick 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 uh, on his introduction night he decided to go as a piece of meat on a plate 
and he got uh, he got underneath a yes. a service table Under that you see in the hotel room. Okay, yes. so when she when she pulled off the um, you know, I don't even know what you call those things. When you pull off the cover, her, his yeah. head was there in place of food. So um, funny, never not so, funny. So now that the that foreshadows that Rick is going to be the guy that gets a one on one date, and everybody else is going on the group date. So that's just established. It's, it's so rare on this show when somebody's like, I really hope that I'm not on the group date. And then it ends up that beat. That's the person that's yeah. not on the group date. Like what right. are the odds? They just, right. they got the right video there, I guess. And the, um, and I mean, this guy, he's one of the Caucasians that, that we've mentioned. Like my theory last week was that, they cast a bunch of just knobs as yeah, Caucasians because they, they really don't want the uh, the subject of color to pick another white person. It's happened now three times in a row, and they just don't they don't want it to happen. So I think well, they cast I don't know. There's, a I bunch think of most these, No, most of these guys are just dweebs in general. And that's the <laughs> word of the week, by the way. Like yeah. you can't. Yes, yes. Rick's a dork, and Chris S is a dork, and Chris Jesus, he's a Canadian dork. Like they're all dorks. But then look at Nate. Look at you know all the, some other guys who I don't know their names. The guy that kind of looks like Darren Williams, like who who ran naked. Like I, uh, Rodney. Like, like there's not a lot of cool dudes on this show. Period. I and is it generational? Like uh, where's where's the men? Yeah, maybe it, and and but it just seems like the white guys are even bigger dorks than before. So there's yeah. but this guy Rick, you know, I even asked my girlfriend. I'm like, is 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 he attractive? Is there something no. about him that I'm missing? Like, no. you know, and she's like, just a plain looking dude. Like the, uh. and this show usually casts like on the you know. A, traditionally attractive side and he's just a plain looking white guy um, boring ass anyway. white guy i saw yeah. this week i just saw today actually that ben higgins got married and ben higgins he's just a fucking white ass just boring <laughs> ass software salesman and because they've decided they're like hey just give us a regular ass white guy and make him the bachelor they do that and all of a sudden he's a sex symbol and like people are like oh ben higgins and, hey I've made my thoughts clear on this show about Nick Vile. Is there's is, no one? There's no he, one more fucking of a five than Nick Vile. The guy is fucking average Joe all the way. But because they put him on The Bachelor, he's something. All of a sudden, he's something special. One of these guys, and I, I don't think I'm spoiling this. One of these guys on that's on the show right now is The Bachelor. He's going to be the next Bachelor. We know yes. who it is, and he's. I mean, he's tall. I guess. Uh, he's got nothing else going for him. I, you know, he's not interesting at all. He's not especially handsome, but that's, that's the genius of the show. Take a regular ass white guy and make him interesting. Now you just brought up Ben Higgins. So I had to Google. He married Jessica Clark is, she, and she's not a cast member or she is. I don't think so. I don't think a cast member. Okay. I didn't do a, I didn't do a deep dive on her. She doesn't look but, very familiar. Remember he, um, he, he chose, um, Lauren Bushnell over JoJo. That's right. But he yeah. told both of them that he loved, yeah. loved them. Yep. The yes. Yeah. Yes. That's him. Um, so, um, anyways, we established what the group date is, that, that there's going to be a group date. And then this guy, Rick, is the one on one, but they haven't finished the dinner date yet. So 
Michelle uh, never got clarity on the Jamie thing, but everything is good with Martin. And it was so boring the the way that they talked about their so emotions. Boring. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is that they had an after dinner surprise, and they yes. went to an observatory. Yes. And um, and I, the, I was waiting for the the uh, payoff, the analogy about stars or yes. skies, about yeah. relationships, and it never came. They just fucking looked into a freaking observatory, and they didn't even get stoned first, as far as I can tell. Jason, we know you've never you've never had one hit Correct. of a joint in your life, or a bong, or an edible. Correct. But it, yeah. for me, maybe I have, and I'm telling you, if I'm going to look at the sky. You better get me high first. You better like make me get get, get yeah. me deep into it. And they didn't even seem to do that. I they didn't make any metaphors. I don't know. I fast forwarded it through the whole thing, as you can imagine. But whatever metaphors they didn't use when they were at the planetarium, they made up for it in um, when they went on the gondola to a medium sized mountain later. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get into that. That again, that's foreshadowing to Rick's date. That's yeah. there's gonna be a lot to cover on that. So quickly to the group date. Um group date, uh all the dudes were given bags of pajamas to to get into. And um yeah. our guy, uh Rick S, who plays a big factor in this in this Chris episode, S. Chris, Chris S. S. Chris S. He was just uh handed some tidy whities and some brilliant producer thought Horrible. if we give the short the short white guy, tidy whities yeah. then of course we need to redo the Bob Seger scene yeah. from Risky Risk, Business. Risky like, Business. A, a, a very, a very out, contemporary reference. A movie that came out well before any of these people were born. Oh, yeah. It, like if that was 1982 <laughs> yes. and most of these cast members were born in the 90s. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, very, I mean, it was just horrible. It was so cheesy. Even bad for this show, and it was a non sequitur. They just had him kind of redo this scene. Um, but anyways, they all put on pajamas and had a day of pampering, and then they were told to to do a build a bear thing where on, they put stuffing that, in bears. That made me think of something. Did you ever? Well, for, they did the risky business thing, and he it was so bad, and also culturally insignificant to not only the entire cast, but 99% of the people watching the move, the show do not right. remember the movie. Right. But that movie starred the, and this is a big digression, but I don't care. That movie starred of course, Tom Cruise. And then also co-star Rebecca de Mornay daughter of the great <laughs> orange County legendary really the first ever conservative talk show host in the world wally george r.i.p did you ever as a student at cal state fullerton go to a taping of the wally george show yes or no jason i did not did you no i no, i never did but they i thought i think they shot it over there like near the off-campus pub that's why i asked i i need to um at some point i need to uh resource and and find episodes they must be i remember them even like in real time being oh, yeah. awful and cheesy tv because they had the local local cable access so graphics so and it was just so horrible 
I can imagine how bad it looks now. That would the, be a fun watch. It's great. You know, no, they're on YouTube and you should definitely check them out. We've talked about it on the Baller Lifestyle podcast before. He, We should actually do a whole show about it because he was so great. But it was all <laughs> Cal State Fullerton frat boys that would be all wasted in the audience <laughs> screaming things. And yeah. he would he would pander to them because he would get some liberal guest who wanted to do something like an OPEC embargo or something, something real boring. And he'd be like, that's not – what my man Ronald Reagan started this country for. And the whole, all the frat boys would be like, Aah! they'd be like all jumping and falling on top of each other. And so I was just hoping that you had maybe attended. Anyway, I, Google I Wally the, George. I think the, the, the interesting thing about that is that if a show like that were made right now with the same yeah. cast of characters, I don't think, uh, um, I don't think anyone would call it a white supremacist show. No, probably not at all. No, it's a different time. It's a different time. And all those guys on Fox News should have to chip off a chunk of their paycheck every week to Wally George's right. heirs, Rebecca De Mornay. Okay, continue. So um, so they, they all had to stuff bears. I don't know if you've been to this Build-A-Bear thing or whatever, but they all not. had to make bears. And you're thinking, why do they need to make bears? It sounds it's very – the whole thing is kind of homoerotic here. We got dudes and, and, uh, and pajamas uh, yeah. making bears. And, yeah. The whole time they're doing the, these things, they're not really paying attention to Michelle. I don't know if it was yeah. like a skewed edit or they really Of course weren't. it was, Jason. As, as you said before, you have dudes jumping on beds with their bears. Yep. In their PJs. Right. Oh, um, and the big thing was that they all get regular PJs and Chris S gets just gets un, just gets whitey tidies, so eventually his cock will fall out, which it does. Yeah, they had to uh, do the black box uh, yeah. around the the midsection there. Yeah. Now, um, just like last week, you know, when we pointed out the Top Gun cast members and the guy that does uh, poems and a, yeah. one and, and and the country not country band, um, yep. they they brought out two chicks, two women that I I have I don't know them from anybody. I, so and yes, yeah. Did you sort of? Really? Okay. No, so- they're called like the Debella twins or something. Right, For, and right. I, Jason, I've made it clear on this show my feelings on adult twins or on some podcasts. I don't think adult twins should be allowed in public together. It's very disturbing for the rest of us. If if you are an adult twin, there should be some kind of rule that you live at least 500 miles apart. <laughs> you can't dress alike. You have to get different haircuts cuz the rest of us are a little are a little freaked out by your presence, okay? It's not, it's it's worse with male adult twins. Female adult twins, I'll give it to them. The only reason I know these Debella twins, I think they're like um wrestlers or something. One of them was engaged to former Gold's Gym bodybuilder, now wrestling superstar John Cena, and they okay. got and when they got unengaged, and when they got unengaged, it came out that he had this big list of stuff in the prenup. <laughs> that she, he's like, you're not allowed to talk to me after six o'clock. I need the weekends to myself. Like he had all these rules. <laughs> he's like, I will never under any circumstances have a child with you. Like all these and not, it wasn't like a dick about it, but he's like, this is what I need to be happy. And it was like a crazy list of rules. So that's the only reason I'm aware of who the Debella twins are. I think they might have 
some kind of a re, like an e network or HGTV like reality show okay. or something. But one of them was engaged to professional wrestler John Cena, and that's all I know. Right, and the reason and I twins. know the reason I know they're WWE is because Taisha literally said out loud to the room. WWE superstars, the Bella yeah. Twins. And I'm yeah. thinking, star maybe. Yeah. If they're superstars, I know them. Like, I know John Cena. Of course. You know The Rock. I, right. I, superstars? That, no. would, that would imply that I might be familiar. But anyways. As, as I like to tell, as I like to say, I used to be really into professional wrestling, but then I had my 11th birthday. Right. Right. It's, yeah. Now, there are there are guys our age that like watch it and talk about it. Oh, and they are, love it. Yeah. I, I I know people that I I I trust and like a lot that yeah. follow the the sport. It, yeah. It's, so I but I also there is there is a um there is a clarification. I believe that if you're just if you have a con if you just participate if you're on the roster of WWE that you're designated a superstar. Like that's the, that's right. what their cast is called. The superstars yeah. or whatever. Kind of like being a porno star. If you do, if you do a porno, then you're a star star. Right. right. Um, so the DeBella or Bella twins, the reason why they're there is because they are there to take this pajama party to a pillow fight is how they said it. And, yeah. Yeah. and the problem with saying that is because, and promoting it as a pillow fight is there were no pillows involved. So other than the fact that you have half of the phrase wrong, it's just, it's fine. They had to take the bears that they just made presumably and sewed and beat each other with it. Now, before they do this, they're, they're doing these like dude activities where they're getting into a circle and, and one guy's like, punch me as hard as you can, dude. And And the whole time, that guy's pretty jacked. Yeah, and the whole time uh, Michelle's off to the side, just butthurt. Like no one's yeah. paying attention to her. She looks really it's, miserable. It's so fake. It's so she fake. She sits down to watch this "quote unquote" pillow fight, and uh, Tasha. We talked last week about how Tasha and Kayla, Kaylin, uh, Kaylin, aren't like hosts as much as they're just kind of there to be buddies to the subject, and then they don't really move the narrative forward. Well, they're sitting there. And they literally see Michelle about to cry, and they ask her a couple times, "Are you okay?" But here's the deal: this is television. Yeah. You're the host. Once you realize that something's wrong, at that point, it needs to become a freaking interview. Yeah. And she's supposed to express what's wrong with her. Michelle chooses to lie to them that yeah. nothing is wrong, even though something that's obviously wrong. She has an affect about her that's that's a little off. But anyways. Uh, that was a weird one. So then these dudes just start doing what the show has become. It's a competition of masculinity. Who could beat on the other guy the, the worst? The dudes get real competitive. Um, not easy to watch. Again, very all this is all this this entire episode is strange. But this is like watching two dudes beat each other with with the uh, with their bears. Now, I personally thought it's just a matter of time be, be, before. One of these dudes is just going to catch it a little too close and actually pound the guy with his fist that he's holding the bear with. And it, it never happened. Maybe it did. I don't know. Um, so anyways, that's determined. And I missed this, but my girlfriend caught it. At some point, they said the pillow fight 
there was going to be teams, and the winning team, as always, gets to do the rest of the date with uh, Michelle. The losing team goes home. Yeah, so that really yeah. amps up unless, the aggravation. Unless one of the main characters of the show yeah. happens to be on the losing team, yeah. in which case they will make a rule that he gets to switch over. Or like more than 50% of the time, they were like, nah, no losers here tonight. Let's just all go. It's like it's a complete joke. So uh, one of the quote-unquote teams wins, but Michelle is just not into it. They're, but, of course, they have the winning team like, overly celebrating amongst themselves away from Michelle, like go, oh, going overboard. You could tell like the producers probably stopped and they're like, Hey, we need you guys to really, you know, really get into this, but don't include Michelle on in this. Um, so it's just like, it basically ramps up her, uh, you know, there, not being seen, not you being know how heard. It's, you know how it's bullshit. One guy's making a fucking cotton candy. You know, it's like a fake carnival setup, right, and they're right. like popping popcorn, which is look, if you're at the movies, of course you're gonna get a uh, you're gonna get a big tub of hot buttered popcorn. Ask our friend Travis Rogers about that; it's fantastic. But you're not like no one's excited. Oh man, they're popping popcorn! Woo! They're like getting really into it. And then one guy's like, "Hey man, come over here! I'm making a cotton candy," and he wants the <laughs> other dude to come over. And the other dude's oh sweet, cotton candy's fucking disgusting. Even children, you. I challenge you buy a cotton candy for a kid. Watch them get disgusted with it within 12 it's, seconds. It's horrible. It's underwhelming. Like yeah. there's, there's no there. They're like, it's, it what might look it? cool, but actually consuming it. It's not filling it. it it's horrible. It's not great. It's not a great sweet it's to have on sugar. And Jason and, and I are sugar addicts. We will tell all you about the presentation. It yeah. just looks different. And, yeah, but exactly. Yeah, it, it always lets you down. Um, so finally the hosts do what they're paid to do and they sit down with, with Michelle, like what's going on here? Something just happened. And Michelle finally admits to them that she felt on that date, like she felt growing up in Minnesota. She was the only black, uh, girl in the school and no one ever asked her out and she did yeah. never felt seen she yeah. was a token black girl never yeah. felt heard or seen growing up and this tapped into that feeling now these are all like really really um uh you know they're real for her and they're they're serious and it's not for the show at all in other words they spent so much time on this and it was such a downer like and i'm not i'm definitely not um excusing her her plight here but it's just it's just not for the bachelor. Let's we need to like this needs to be a real cheesy show where people do stupid things that get humiliated on reality TV. It's not about you spent the whole last date talking about feelings and now you're talking about how you were the token black girl who yep. doesn't feel seen. It's just like everything is just so heavy. Yeah. That's not what this show is. And if it's trying to be that, it's, an escape. it's going to alienate viewers. This it's isn't an escape. what this is. But yeah. anyways. We don't, um, want the, we don't want the real world. We want to get away from the real world. The real world sucks. We want an escape right. from the real world. We want hot people in bathing suits fucking. And this is why, this is why the bachelorette is – so much worse than the bachelor because the men are boring. 
They're not <laughs> exciting. And there's and you have to cook up fake storylines and there's several just in this episode to make it interesting and it doesn't ring true whereas you get on the bachelor and these chicks are interesting and there's a lot going on in their heads and they fight with each other and that's what makes this show great and that's why the bachelor is a much better show than the bachelorette in general, no doubt. Yeah, so, yeah. so this just is a downer, and then, yeah. of course, she has to go and do a cocktail night with the winners of this this competition. But first, she needs to tell them how she feels. And you're like, my God, when is this freaking episode going to take an upturn here? So um, she goes, and before she sits down, it's so funny. They have the the winners all toasting. And one of the dudes is like, man, great day, great night. And hey, do a drama free house. And everyone's like, yeah. And mm. I'm thinking the all, nobody thinks there's going to be a drama free house ever. It works against the nature of the show. And to toast to it is stupid. But they don't they didn't see anything wrong on the date. Um, so they're, they're, they're really uh, blindsided when she sits down and starts pouring her heart out about never feeling seen growing up. And. Dude, credit to Olu or Olu or what have you. Yeah. Not only is she crying, this guy is just like tearing, like bawling. His face is covered with tears as she's telling her story. And I'm thinking, am I watching the show that I have loved and embraced for yeah. many years as an escape into just the ridiculous and and insane and and a great character uh, study on how what people will do to be famous. This is just a fucking downer. Huge and then, downer. And then she takes Nate, you know, better Nate than never. She takes him aside, and you're thinking, okay, maybe something's going to change. And she gives him the entire story again. Three times we have heard the same story about this thing, and nothing happens. But yep. I guess Nate's kind of cool with how it ended. Olu goes with the with her kind of one on one, and they they have it out. And I, I they, felt, they, they chum it out. I felt Olu was kind of manipulated here. You know, like this is this is a this is a made up storyline. It's dumb, and he's like, "Fuck!" He's like, "I have four sisters. You know, I had to be the man for them. I had to let. I had to tell them they were pretty. Like all these things." And he's fucking crying real tears. You know, it was like. This is this wasn't supposed to go this way, or maybe it was, but it just like you're saying, it was super heavy. It was super uncomfortable. It was just not. It wasn't an escape. It wasn't exciting. It wasn't fun TV. It was a bummer. It's not. It's just not what we signed up for. And yeah. I, I would love to know what the the uh, feedback is from the actual audience. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, so. Olu, send us an email, mailbag at the ballerlifestyle.com if you have Olu, thoughts. Maybe we're wrong. Olu breaks down in front of her and they hug it out and then she gives him the rose. So, if anything, Olu probably went right into the friend zone with the story about his sister totally, and stuff. Totally. And, but then she got he got the rose. So, it kind of worked in, in, in his benefit. So, what's remaining? It's the one on one date with the guy that uh, put his head in a, uh, in a service table. Uh, for food and it's Rick. And what are they doing on the one-on-one date? Um, we're going outside. We're going to make this an outside venture. 
And the first thing we're going to do is take a gondola up to, as you put it, a medium sized hill. Yeah. I've never, I've been to Palm Springs hundreds of times (laughs) and I always drive by that and I'm like, Oh, that's, that looks kind of fun. And then I never do. I've never done it. I never will. Yeah. But gondola rides are not fun. No, they're not, not they're to me terrifying to me. Who's got a little bit of no, 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 no. See, you and I are on the take looking at this from completely opposite. Uh, oh, yeah. No, yeah. Because you bungee you jump and you skydive. The, the gondola, it's, there's nothing there that's fun or exciting other than the view because it's very safe and it's very slow and it's boring. Well, how do you now, know it's safe? Uh, it, I don't know. They're not going to – trust me. Those things are much safer than your typical like – I don't know. Don't uh, say passenger car. No, but my, uh-huh. my my bottom line is like when I see a gondola ride or somebody on, I'm like, that's just a boring way to spend a day. Now, yeah, I if agree. you're bungee cording out of a gondola, no, fuck that's, that. that's a totally no, different thing. That, I'm, nope. in, I'm in for that. But no. you're never going to be just catch me like uh, raising my hand when, when people are like, a gondola trip. Yeah. Uh, so, so they go into this hill where there's hiking and they do this total made up thing. I. I'm guessing this was completely made up by the producers because they walk up among these trees to a box and Rick and, um, and Michelle are like, this box is so cool because um, it's basically people write down their wishes and then they put them in the box. And yeah. before, you, before yeah. you could put your wish in the box, you have to read what other people have written. Is that is that years. real? What is no, that like? No, it isn't real. Of course, it's not real. Who's got a pen? <laughs> because first of all, the when they would take out the wishes, they were there would be they were so generic yeah. and, and catered to the Bachelor show. Like <laughs> I, I want to, I, I wish, I wish I could find my soulmate. You know, I, th- I wish I could, I, you know, I, w- I wish I can. It's just like relationship shit. The only thing that would have been more obvious that it was totally made up for the show is that like if there was a car that's like, I wish I could go to the fantasy suite with Christina. <laughs> you know? that, that would have been that would have been the dead giveaway that all yeah. these things were just completely made up. Yeah, totally. Now, they did pick up one that again took a very depressing episode and made it even less uplifting. So Rick picks up this one, this wish. It says, I wish my dad could see the man that I've become. Yeah. Okay? Heavy. No. Yeah. Just everything that goes into what they just re- read. And he's yeah. like, he's like, yeah, I really relate to this one because my dad died three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is the best way on this show to get yourself into the final four. Look, Rick is not going to win the bachelor. I'm going to come right out and tell you that right now. He's, he's got vocal fry. He's a very average looking white guy. He, he's looks like he's wearing mascara. He's kind of a downer. He murdered his dad. He's, (laughs) but he is going to get, he's going to get a sympathy run. Take for instance, the guy last season whose wife died of breast cancer. He was he would have been a non-factor. He would have been a day two elimination. But because he his he had had a tragedy in his life, and I'm not I don't mean to make light of that, but it's it is a fact that he had had a tragedy. That is it's it's also a fact 
that that helps you when you're a contestant on The Bachelor. If you're if you have had a tragedy, they can't send you home as quick. It makes them look bad. So you get to stay around. Rick played that hand and it was smart. It, <laughs> I, I guess it was smart. I, I do know this. There's. I, I didn't think the episode could be more depressing and they took a turn down. Like, so what happens is when, when I refer to, to a contestant, Kelly and his dad, and then Brian just used the even, um, even less compassionate term murdered his dad. I think you also um, said murder. He, he tells the story uh, at, at dinner yep. that his dad, um, he found a text on his dad's phone that implied that his dad was, was with another woman. Now, yeah, I guess yeah. he, he was a teenager at the time yeah. and he felt that it was right to tell his mother that he saw this text from dad to another woman. Yeah. Well, no, it was the other way around. He was him and his mom went out to get a Christmas tree or something. It's super depressing. It's, it's like in gremlins. When she tells the story about how she hates Christmas right, because right. They, her dad died by be, getting stuck in the fucking chimney. It's an right. insane story. It's similar. He's like, yeah, mom and dad went out to get a Christmas tree and my dad's phone. Uh, he got a text. That's how young you know these kids are, that their da- their parents were getting texts right, when they were right. in high school. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, and I was like a 17. Yeah. Oh, he's like, I was a typical 17-year-old kid. Oh, no, you're a nosy piece of shit is what you are, Rick. And look, I kind of blame his dad, RIP, for not not locking his, his phone with a code. But this could have been one of those fucking Nokias with T9 texting back in the day. They probably didn't even have that. He's He reads the text. It's obvious his dad is getting some side ass. But we don't know, we don't know his dad's story. You know, maybe maybe him and mom had an understanding. We don't know. We don't know. Well, what we do know is it's none of fucking Rick's business. He he reads the text. He sees that dad's doing something that maybe he shouldn't be doing. What's he do? Does he go say, hey, dad, I got to talk to you about something? No. He fucking snitches to mom like a little bitch. Yes. And, th- and then what happened? Then what happens three days later? Fucking he's got to find a new place to live with mom because he fucking destroyed the family dynamic. Good job, Rick. I see why you feel guilty. Exactly. And then I don't I forget what the timeline was, but I don't know if it was months later or a couple years down the road. Yep. After dealing with depression. Yeah. His dad. Yeah. I, he implied that his dad killed himself. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, a suicide situation. Too many pills or whatever it was. He was just trying to so, breathe. So he uh, indirectly uh, killed his dad. Yeah, or directly. And, and I'm thinking that I, I've never watched a more depressing episode of The Bachelor. It's and real then it shitty. It just got yeah. worse yeah. with this story. Like I can't. It was this was a this episode was a visual root canal. It was. Yeah, it, it really was, was. It was hard to watch. All pain. Now he gets a rose. Of course he does. Before he does, he says, uh, "I'm looking forward to the time when I could tell you I love you," which, which is a weird way of putting it. That's a different way of putting it. And she's like, "I can't believe you just said that. That's great. Whatever." Yeah, so, see, um, that was kind of dumb because he already had engendered all the um, goodwill that he needed with the dead dad story, right. and then he drops the "I love you," which is it's way too. They've just met. 
It's but, way too early but, in the but show. Yes, he been... didn't say he loved her. He oh, said, he I'm did. looking oh, okay. forward to the day that I could tell you oh, I love right. you, which, Still, which but, is a weird one, right? That's 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 like uh, almost, that's like nine-tenths right. of the I'm falling in love with you that they say right. constantly on this show. Right. So here's the deal. Uh, to wrap things up, what, what do... What does an episode need where you have a dude who just told this awful story about killing his dad um, coming off an already, you know, depressing episode? You need uh, Andy Grammer and his, <laughs> and his new hit song, Lease on Life, to, to serenade these two people. Now, you might be wondering, how, how did you know that it was Andy Grammer playing no his new song, no. Lease on Life? I would never know that. How would because you know that? Because they had Michelle say, I can't believe we walked into a room and they're standing there playing his new song, Lease on Wife, is Andy Grammer. <laughs> the, the most, the most uh, recent rendition of the Caucasian uh, country but not country yeah, singer. It's, yeah, it's kind of like more like pop, like American Idol style pop <laughs> and yes they were very excited for andy grammer's new single lease on life <laughs> and uh yeah andy grammer's lease on life so that's how that date ends and michelle's feeling really good about rick now uh this is where the the uh the episode finally gets a little interesting because chris s the aforementioned guy that did the tom cruise scene from uh from risky business he decides to take it upon himself to be the douchey dude that mixes things up. Now, Chris S. Um, preempts her at yeah. the uh, at yeah. the cocktail party. You know, it's, it's a power this- move. No, he goes for yeah. a power move. Chris S. is the kind of guy that's about to leave the show, and he goes, "Hold on, I don't. I came to the show with eight hundred Instagram followers. I need to leave with at least fifty thousand. And the only way I do that is if I get known. And maybe I'll be a villain. Maybe I'll be a Captain Savaho. I'm not going to win the Bachelor because I'm five six. But I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot my shot right here and try to swing my dick around, and it works. Yeah. Well. So, you know, we haven't seen this move before. Usually, when the subject comes into the room. One of the dudes will give give her the drink that she likes, and then yeah. she'll toast the room, and then take one of the guys aside. Well, he Chris as walks. It up. would be funny, Jason, if she walked in and she's like, "Uh, yeah, excuse me, where's my co- Cosmo?" And because she's not being seen, all the guys are are like hanging out playing <laughs> dice and shit, and they're like, "Hey, th- yeah, uh, the bar's over there. I don't know. Ask somebody else." And they're like, they're like, they got like, got like a craps game going, and everybody's way into it, and they're. Ties are all loosened and they're all sweaty and shit. That'd be great. Okay, go on. Sorry. That would have been good. Um, so Chris S. gives her their cocktail and is like, hey, I want to say something to the room. <laughs> he says something completely moronic. Like it didn't yeah. even make, make any sense. Chris is one of those guys who starts talking and you can tell that he thinks what he's saying is much smarter and intelligent than it really is. Um, kind of like the magic, magic Johnson effect is how, what I always call it. Um, so he's like, among other things, he's like, I think there are guys in this room right now think they have it in the bag. And I think that's bullshit. Yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> they had to bleep him. <laughs> so uh-huh. like, he's not smart enough to know what that does to like a dynamic like this. Like 
not only does it just like call the dudes out, but it makes her feel like shit and it makes her like start to question everything. And so I just think that like we've never seen that move in this show. I think that there are guys in this room who think they have it in the bag, and I think that's bullshit. And it's like what? All the other guys are like looking at each other, like what the hell is this guy talking about? So, um, so she takes him away to gain clarity on what he just said, and he basically puts a name on it. He's like, yeah, a guy like uh, I don't know, Nate, uh, yeah. Nate. Uh, mm-hmm. He thinks he's got it in the bag, and um, I, you know. I don't. I just don't think uh, that's that's cool. And uh, so, so he he calls her him out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, she, of course, goes and gets Nate and said, "This is what Chris said about you." The funny thing about this uh, discussion, you talk about a like uncomfortably close discussion. Yeah. So we know that she's about to call Nate out on what Chris just said, right? Yeah. Nate obviously doesn't. Nate is coming off of that. I need to be more seen and heard uh, date. So he, he goes a little overboard. In fact, pretty uncomfortable and the cameras drew attention to it. Yeah. Nate sits right down next to her. They're cuddling up close and he's got his hand firmly on her ass while she tries to gain clarity about this. Because he's he's trying and failing to convince us that he's not a gay man. I know (laughs) I know that this is a different generation and maybe the generational, the, the uh, gender norms that I'm used to are not what they once were, but the, he, this guy's got, he's got, his eyebrows are plucked. He's, <laughs> he's very a in all his mannerisms. He's sipping wine. He's, you know, he's calling everybody girl. Like, <laughs> I, like, I don't, I don't get, a lot of fucking masculine energy coming off this guy, Nate, who happens to be seven feet tall for some reason. I'm sorry. He's got, uh, he's also everybody a dweeb. He also has a dweeb where, um, he's got like a, I don't know, kind of a low, uh, a low hanging shirt that shows off his chest tattoo that goes up into his neck. Yeah. And then he fills it with like three chains. Like he's got a a weird look going. Um, but anyways, He's got his hand firmly placed on her ass. And there were a couple of cutaways that, that drew attention to it. She never once said, dude, get your hand off my ass. But it was just weird because she basically said, Chris S. thinks you're the guy that ha- thinks he has it in the bag. I just want to let you know that nobody has it in the bag. And if you think that, yeah. you're wrong. And so Nate walks away dejected, like, God damn. So he goes up and he calls Chris aside. And it was really one of the most unmanly um, uh, disputes that you could possibly see. It was like Nate calling this guy a dweeb, uh, Chris S like not even addressing his questions and just saying weird stuff. Um, and then they have, they have Nate say something in the on off camera kind of interview that, that was just a weird thing to, to say anyway, because you never hear anyone say, say anything like this. He says, uh, yeah, uh, there seems to be a hiccup, in the trajectory of Michelle and me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a maniac. A hiccup in the trajectory of Michelle and me. He's basically, he's basically um, making it. He's, he's basically saying that Rick is right. Or not Rick. Right. Chris S is right. Like what, what Chris, Chris S is like, this guy thinks he's got it sewn up. And then Nate's <laughs> like, yeah, actually I do think that. Right. 
Yeah. So, but in a but that, in a very uh, very femmy sounding voice, which I can't do because I'm because I'm I'm an alpha. Go on. So then, uh, Chris has officially embraced the villain role because when he got back to the couch, all the dudes are like, "What the fuck was that, man?" And he was put on the defensive, and then Nate calls him out. So Chris now is the villain, and he's going to embrace it. But again, he's one of these guys who thinks he's a lot smarter than he is. They have him saying this on the, in, on the camera interview. He says, um, I mean, I came in on a white horse and saved her from the castle that she's been stuck in. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, how many things that, are wrong with it? That kind of reminds me of, yeah. of Dirk Diggler saying that, that he's like uh, Napoleon and the Roman Empire. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, when you're king, everyone's trying to come after you. It's like there are so many, like, I came in on a white horse and saved her from the castle that she has been stuck in. Insane. It, weird. Just uh, yeah. So um, so he he's embraced the villain role. They go to the uh, – oh, by the way, side point. Uh, the baller, the Mr. Minnesota 2011. Yeah. Joe. It kind of cool does a, a cool move because you know breaking the tension and the depressing nature of this um, of this episode. Joe's like, I'm just going to bring her snacks, man. I'm going to bring her some yeah. chocolates. Yeah. This is a weird thing though. Joe puts down bowls of peanut M and M's in front of her and says, "I just you know who doesn't love snacks?" And uh, she says, "This I've actually never had one of those." <laughs> what? Peanut, is, she peanut M&Ms. is she allergic? No, it wasn't an allergy thing. She she says, I've actually never had one of those. And she's, I'm thinking, what what does that mean? You've never eaten M&Ms. She's never had an m Like, she's only had the one. I mean, both kinds of M&Ms are fantastic. I like to rotate. I like to have oh, a handful yeah. of one, then a handful of the other, back and forth. Maybe even, don't be shy, mix some Reese's Pieces in there. Mix it up. Yeah. By the way, if you want, if you want your bowl of peanut M&Ms to last at a party to like, you know, candy dish to last. Don't invite me to your party. That's that bowl of peanut M&Ms is going to go really fast. You better have a lot of reserves. (laughs) Yes. Especially, especially if I, if I'm hitting a little booze, because then you get that insulin spike and you're like, Oh "Oh, no, I want sugar. I want all of the sugar in this house. (laughs) And uh, yeah, then I'm just, I'm throating the the bowl of peanut M&Ms for sure. So it's time to cut uh, 15 dudes down to 12 or whatever the math is. So she goes through every, through all the names and like, you know, the usuals or, and, and whatnot. Yep. And it comes down to the two rivals, Nate or Chris, which one is she going to choose? Well, I don't, I actually don't know because I was watching it when we started the show and I was like, Oh, I'll just, I'll oh, just great. let Jason surprise me. Well, well, then here's what happens. She chooses Nate pretty For early sure. on. Like usually they, yeah. they take the last two down to the final two, right? But yep. she chooses Nate pretty quick. So now the only suspense is, did she completely, um, you know, did she completely um, not take Chris as discount. serious? Yes. Discount. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Dismiss. And, and, and she's just going to let him go. Because if you pick Nate, that means you believe him and not Chris. Well, she chooses Chris S at the very end, which tells me that the producers won. Of course. Of they course. said, you need to keep this little Napoleon in the Roman Empire. At least one around. more week. At least yeah, one so- more week. Jamie's gone. You know, it's they're doing a thing now where they realize that they can't you can't have ever since Corinne and Chad Johnson 
<laughs> people people don't like it when you when you keep the villain for the whole season. Right. They just they know. They go, "Hey, this is bullshit. We know you're keeping around." So they go, "Oh, we'll trick you. We'll have Carl be the villain and then once Carl leaves, you'll think the villain's gone." I'm t- I'm speaking about last season. People have already forgotten, so I'll just bring it back to this season. We'll have Jamie there to be the villain that everybody hates and but then we'll kick him off right quick and you're like oh there goes the villain but then up pops chris s to stir shit up and then they'll keep him he'll go home he'll go home next week or the week after and then you'll be like all right that's it for villains and then somebody else will do some shit so it's they're they're using the multiple uh villain gambit here which is pretty smart and so the three that do go home uh will no clue who that the, is. Uh, Spanish speaking dude that uh, that no cried idea. when they when his jacket was thrown in the water. Oh yeah! yeah. Again, so, again, there are no men yeah. on this show. There's yeah. no men. There's all. There's only this new thing that exists in Gen Z about guys who cry when a, a prop jacket that doesn't even belong yeah. to them that gets given to them by a guy that's thirtieth on the call sheet for the new Top Gun. They cry <laughs> about that. Yeah. So uh, that so Will sent home Romeo, who seemed like a cool dude, and then who? Which one that, was Romeo? Romeo. He was pretty nondescript. Uh, right. He's just he's just a decent dude. He didn't do anything yeah. dramatic. And then yeah. um, the 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 tall doofus motivational speaker who was overwhelmed by the oh, yeah. poet. He uh, yeah. he had Chris zero G. future on the show. He had yeah. zero future on the show. Canadian. He was, he was sent home. So one Caucasian. Yeah. Um, is gone. Yeah. So uh, that leaves the the rest of the characters, but yeah, it's a whole bunch here, still. This is what the cliffhanger is. Ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. So Michelle, like, did did what she does best, and she undersold the news. She's like, "Hey, just want to let you guys know, um, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Uh, I won't be here anymore. Um, and." Uh, I'm going to go to uh, back home to Minnesota. Okay. You know, so anyways, so that to me is like the producers acknowledging how depressing she is and how depressing the show has been. Yeah. And then she puts a big smile on her face and she's like, and you guys are coming with me. Oh, well, so and it's moving every- locations. Well, that's, that's better. I mean, <laughs> Minnesota, Minneapolis is a dog shit location, of course, but it's better. It- it's better than being in the same hotel the whole time. Like the, 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 the uh, teddy bear fight was fucking awful. And they're only going to do more shit like that if they got to stay in the same place. But so I'm fired up. But you should have heard the way they, they reacted oh, yeah. to this. Oh, it yeah. was almost like she said Mazatlan or, uh, or we're, yeah. or yes. we're going to uh, what, 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 Cancun. Yeah. They were like, Minnesota. Yeah. We're going to Minnesota. Yeah. Exciting. That's really so, exciting. Uh, yeah. So everyone's fired up. To I'm sure we're going to see dudes spilling into a hotel room and jumping on beds to try out the, the springs in the beds in Minnesota next week. This is where everything changes. I, I mean, let's hope, <laughs> but unlikely. Uh, okay, anything else? That was it, dude. That was it. Fantastic. We wrapped it up. A very depressing episode of the back. Yeah. They need to ratchet this thing up a little bit. Yeah, we'll definitely take your thoughts, guys. I mean, you know, we're we're coming from one perspective, which is what we like to do on the show. I I'm open to hearing and you know any thoughts that people have that are different than ours, and I'm and I'm 
you know, maybe there's something we missed here. Uh, mailbag at the ballerlifestyle.com. And if you're, if you're really daring, you can call us, leave us a voicemail, 949-464-TBLS-8257. Uh, fantastic work as always, Jason, for Jason Stewart. My name is Brian Beckner. This has been The Bachelor Lifestyle from TheBallerLifestyle.com. We'll see you next time. How embarrassing, the most traumatic ever. And that's what we like. Play your cards right, you might end up on paradise. Here's the key to the fantasy suite. Balls deep so you can sleep with your third or fourth girl of the week. We're making a connection, we're falling in love. We're chilling in the mansion outside the hot tub. we starting in LA and then we travel the world. We toasting champagne, we got 32 girls. Who gets a hometown and who's the most hated? Who had the best date and who's getting eliminated? We always speculating like you wouldn't believe. But I cheated, logged on to reality. So it's the bachelor lifestyle we living in. It's the ball of lifestyle we living in. It's the bachelor lifestyle we living in. It's the ball of lifestyle. It's the bachelor lifestyle we living in.